there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds. You're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean... Um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, I have Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, <laughs> the hesitation. <laughs> football season. So it is. It's, it is it's football November season. football season. So we're... Uh, which means it's also three- basketball season and volleyball yeah. season. Yeah, we're operating and- on three hours of sleep and uh, lots of energy drinks and pre-workout. And I'm taking like, like if, if you add everything up, like pre-workout, all the Starbucks runs, energy drinks, things like that, like we're pumping like 800 milligrams of caffeine into my system every single day. So oh my a, gosh. if there's a heart attack that happens uh, in the next couple of weeks, that's... You know what this reminds me of is it was... It was on Mike Riley's staff, I believe. There were key people. Mike Riley didn't do this. It was people like his assistant coaches who were like would slam Monster and different energy drinks, and like they all had their preference, whether it's Red Bull or um, Monster or whatever. But they were drinking it to an excessive degree, where it's like this can't be healthy. <laughs> well, wasn't that Zach Duval as well early on? When, wasn't there like a? He might have been too. It's just like a, it's Monster. clearly a thing in sports. And then obviously Scott Frost had his Mountain Dews. Um, I saw a video the other day that was sugar content by various like soda products. And Mountain Dew was like 77 grams of sugar, something absolutely insane like that. And I was like, well, I'm just never drinking this thing again. Like it's amazing that Scott Frost didn't just fall over when he was on the sideline with how much stress he had. Yeah, no, it's, I've actually, the one thing I've done, and it does help quite a bit, is I drink one cup of coffee in the morning, and that's it for caffeine for the rest of the day. I have a giant water bottle, and I, I, I do try to get to sleep. Now, it's hard, like volleyball, the night before we were recording this, um, played at 8 p.m., but they swept Indiana, so that helped, so it wasn't super late. Here's the downside to working Starbucks while you were in college. Lots of early morning shifts, Mm. lots of late night shifts that then turn into an early morning Saturday shift or early morning Sunday shift. You drink a lot of uh, espresso, a lot of caffeine, and it starts to lose its effect. Yep. So you have to take more and more of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would, I don't think I would be able to function on. um, There's a line in Taylor Swift's, uh, one of her one of her new songs that says mm-hmm. "Midnights become my afternoons." Yes, and I was like I've never resonated with you know you edited my stuff before. Mm-hmm. I've never resonated with a line more than I resonated with that one. Yes, um, I feel like that song that you're talking about, which is called anti anti hero um, anti hero uh, whatever. Um, 
but it resonates with everybody in different lines of it. Like there's something that like sticks out to everyone where it's like, for you, it's like midnight's become my afternoons. Like for me, like as somebody who battles imposter syndrome, like the part about her talking about like kind of feeling out of place because everyone else, which also cracks me up. The amount of people don't know that the sexy baby line, when she says everyone else is a sexy baby is a line from 30 rock. It's a joke in that show where, uh, it's just a line from that show where they're basically no, it, talking. It's sexy baby. It's a um, line from Ted Lasso. There's. It's also in that too. No, that's the that's the line. If it's if it's in Thirty Rock, it's also in Thirty Rock. Ted Lasso is the originator. Thirty Rock came out before Ted Lasso. That doesn't matter. That's not. <laughs> that's not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the line is the line is from uh, from Ted Lasso. Andy Tart. Okay, I wanted to ask you about this album, and I have the record here right in front of me. So my wife got this. She has this one. On the back, let me try to get this in the camera. On the back, it has a clock set up for the people watching this on YouTube. It has like a quarter of a clock. Mm -hmm. So Taylor Swift has to be like, has to have the smartest marketing team on the planet because- It forces you to buy four. Alex bought all four. of the same record so that she could like complete the clock. And like, I'm not even mad about it because she got also the clock mechanism that's Mm going to turn this thing into like an actual functioning clock. So she's going to like put it up somewhere in our apartment. So I'm not even mad about it. But at the same time, Taylor got a bunch of people to just buy four copies of her record for just no reason. Like she just quadrupled her, her sales on a gimmick. Like it's incredible. So Taylor Swift is the queen of capitalism. Um, and I say that with the utmost amount of respect because capitalism is the the thing. Um, but actually what's really interesting is she currently holds the top 10 places in the billboard hot 100. She's number one through 10 and what to get herself into that position, because there were two songs that were kind of on the verge of not making it in there where they would have been just on the outside. And so she would have had like, I think it was, she would have had like one through eight, the nine would have been somebody else. And then she would have held 10. She conveniently goes and then sells digital copies of these particular songs, one of which was Bejeweled, which is right outside of the top 10. And why that was such a a strategic move on her part is I can't remember what the number is, but like when you buy a digital single, whether it's from Apple Music, um, the artists themselves directly, but when you physically purchase a digital single, it's like a hundred, like you'd have to like stream something like a hundred times essentially. So you, uh, you essentially get more, quote unquote streams or listens in one purchase versus somebody going and letting like their Spotify play over and over and over again. Um, so it's a very strategic business move. It's all business. It's all what, strategy. What's the line? You juice the stats cupcake. That That's, that's what she did. Essentially. And you know, respect. More Shout out. Yeah. Did all you the- buy all four versions of the, the, the record, the vinyl I didn't. I purchased the, I purchased one album and I had to decide which one I ended up picking the lavender one. And then I picked, I purchased an actual compact disc, a good old CD. Cause my, my car still has CDs and the target version had some bonus songs that weren't available elsewhere yet. So I got those. So no, I didn't, I didn't get the whole clock. Although it was a cool concept. The back looks cool. We're, 
the bonus songs is that on top of like all of the extra stuff mm-hmm. that was included in the or the 3 a.m yeah so it turns out to be like almost like 20 songs if you get all of it so you have the or no more than that i think it's like 23 songs so you have yeah, like there's 13, 20, 20 on the 3 a.m edition yeah and then an extra three so it's okay. one original and then two like um one's like an instrumental version or like a uh a different ver like there are different versions of songs that are already on there so it was worth it but yeah Surprise, a compact everyone, disc. everyone listening to this episode thinking that this was going to be a conversation about nebraska football i can make it about nebraska though in minnesota no we're talking about taylor swift um i can't tie it back to nebraska though how, yeah you said this in the intro or, or before we started podcasting how are you going to tie this album back to nebraska i'm not ready to pivot fully to nebraska football talk yet but i am well, it's not even nebraska football this. it's okay. nebraska basketball but it's okay. adjacent because then we can okay. get into football but my favorite thing is wilhelm breidenbach who is on the men's basketball team he is a giant taylor swift fan he and came out when they did the um opening night at uh pinnacle bank in 2021 his en- intro song was taylor swift um so then when midnight's was released uh <laughs> they shared a photo of him in a taylor swift sweatshirt listening to it and my favorite follow-up was nebraska saying can we send can you send us a selfie pic wearing your taylor swift hoodie and wilhelm responds i'm wearing the red one right now is that fine or do you want a different one <laughs> <laughs> so he's your favorite player on the basketball team is what we've established a hundred percent um okay. i can be i can be bought with like if you're a taylor swift fan done i'm i'm sold we're we're done the spirit of performance is what defines acura and now it's electric introducing the zdx acura's most powerful suv yet Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we found out this week that she is going to, part of her international tour, she's doing two nights in Chicago mm-hmm. next year. Um, one of them also features performances by Paramore. Mm-hmm. So oh, like, do you get the Paramore show? We do. Um, so like we're going to see Ed Sheeran in July. Those tickets had already been purchased. But then we found this out and Alex Alex was talking to her mom while she was like sharing this information with me. So all her mom hears is just me yelling, Haley Williams is coming. Well, we have to go now. We, we have, have to go to now. Go. Like it was all, it was already like, we're going to try to make this happen when it was just Taylor Swift. But if we're also going to get Haley Williams at the thing, like we just have to go, we have to go. We have to go. Is she yeah. coming to Nebraska? 
No, she's only doing big stadium tours. So the closest she's coming is Kansas City, Minneapolis, Chicago, Denver. Um, but I will do my best to get myself to one of them because I would be very – in fact, I think about this a little bit. I can tie this now to Nebraska football. So I think a little bit about when she did the Reputation Stadium tour um, – I, I, I wanted to go, but like none of the dates like synced up with my schedule in a way because I, it was just, it was really busy. I was, it, it kind of fell like in a time frame where like, I remember Nebraska had like a lot of recruiting events in the summer and different things. And all I remember is I kicked myself for this in hindsight is I went to Colorado to do a story on Tate Wildeman when he was graduating from high school, I went to his graduation party. And the night that I was in Denver, she played at mile high. And I did not know that because I hadn't even thought about like looking up to see if maybe she happened to be in any of the locations where I was traveling. And all I remember is driving back from, um, it was like about 35 minutes where Tate lives to where I was staying in Denver. And I remember driving back downtown and being like, what's going on? Cause there was so much traffic and I rolled my window down and I could hear what was going on. I could hear the like music. Like you're, you're kidding me. I was staying like just blocks from this is like where people are like, Oh, you should have gotten a ticket. This isn't something where you just get a ticket. If you don't have a ticket, you're like not getting oh, yeah, it. You're not going. So um, I think about like how long ago that was the fact that Tate Wildeman was a high school senior (laughs) what a time what a time we're old we're old old well if you want to come to chicago you can stay with us perfect i'm gonna get somewhere i signed up for the like Ticketmaster. like i need the pre-sale link so yeah yeah i feel like kansas city would be fun to go see a concert at um let's pivot let's pivot pivot and talk about nebraska football uh because obviously the big news to the the rejoice of everyone listening (laughs) (laughs) Um, the big news of the week, obviously, is that uh, Casey Thompson, yeah. Nebraska's starting quarterback, is day-to-day with an arm injury. Um, Mark Whipple doesn't want to talk about the rest of the quarterback room unless he's talking about uh, Casey Thompson or Logan Smothers or Chubba Purdy. I-, I guess this sort of like veers into a, a you know, sort of a big picture conversation that I want to have. I don't necessarily want to be like, who is starting at quarterback, Aaron? Because, <laughs> I mean, they're three and five. They're on an interim coach. I could make the argument, does it really matter who's starting at quarterback for Nebraska? Because the season is kind of already in the drain. Um, and so do you agree with that statement? And if you do, then should Nebraska say, you know what, let's just treat this like a rebuilding year for a professional team where we're just going to try to get a bunch of young guys on the field? For the last four weeks, they're going to play Minnesota. They're going to play at Michigan. They're going to play Wisconsin, and they're going to play at Iowa. Obviously, Wisconsin and Iowa don't pose the, the same sort of um, challenge. It's not the same kind of daunting task that we thought that it would be in the preseason. Well, I mean, Iowa sucked, and everybody could have seen that Iowa was going to suck when they brought back Brian Ferentz. But still, do you think that Nebraska would be better served by treating the last four games of, of this season as – sort of an audition for some of the younger players on the team? Oh, it's so hard because I think in some areas, like not even thinking quarterback, but like when you think like, 
like I kind of sometimes have this thought with like primarily like say the offensive line where what, why not just throw somebody in there that like, you're like, I don't know, because at this point, like what's the harm, especially if like you're just seen. Um, I, I think it's kind of like, I don't know. It's so hard because like at the same time, like, yeah, you want to see Nebraska continue to be, well, I was going to say continue to be competitive. And then some people would argue like what is competition and based on what we've seen so far, which fair, I don't know. I think yes and no. Um, because that, the reason I say I'm kind of like unsure is you start to then get into the weeds of the question of like, who's even going to be here next year? Who's even, and I say here because I'm physically sitting in Memorial stadium, but like who is going to be at Nebraska in 2023 and so like take the quarterback room for example is casey thompson at nebraska in 2023 probably not i mean maybe but like i guess you say that but like you never know but i would say probably not is chuppa purdy here is logan smothers here i mean i guess it also probably depends on like who the offensive coordinator is who the head coach is but at the same time it's just like i think a lot of people are expecting to see quite a few departures which is just kind of the name of the game in any kind of coaching transition. But those questions could also specifically a quarterback. Sorry. Those questions could also be answered mm-hmm. by what happens over the last four games. If you decide to just say, Hey, Logan Smothers, we're just going to see what happens. You get to play the next four games. Like mm-hmm. that can answer the question for you. It could. Um, now see where I'm at right now is I, I think, I think how the quarterback situation was handled against Illinois was really bizarre because you initially brought in, and now I know, I know Mickey Joseph explained it. He said their thought process was they initially brought in Logan when Casey Thompson went out because they thought they might run the ball a little bit more. And then as the game started to get away from them, they realized, you know, they needed to come out of halftime with Chubba Purdy because they're going to have to throw it more. That was kind of where they were at is they were going to have to throw the ball. Um, and so as I'm kind of thinking about that a little bit, I, I still think the whole way that it was handled was, odd to just like this like I just don't really quite understand that like if you felt like in inkling that Chubble is going to be the player that you were going to play why not just put him in right away when Casey Thompson was injured instead of doing this you know Logan first and then Chubba now I they have said that we will likely see both of them against Minnesota even if Casey isn't available and I almost feel like even if Casey somehow becomes available by Saturday I still think you might see all of them, but the weather itself is going to be very interesting. It's going to be wet and cold. It's not supposed to necessarily be raining during the game, but there's supposed to be some kind of like sleep mix that could happen overnight into the morning. So what the assumption would be is that the field conditions are going to be slippery. Um, And so then you start to kind of wonder, like based on the weather itself, what will you be able to do running the ball? What will you be able to do passing the ball? Does that change maybe who your quarterback is? But um, if they are looking to like maybe get some like option going, like it could be interesting to to roll Logan out there. I don't know. The the Logan thing could be really – he has experience too um, beyond just this season. I I don't know. I think like – I would be interested in seeing Logan potentially get the start, but I, I feel like based on the way that it's being talked about, Chubb is sort of the first in line behind Casey, just in the way that they were talking about him practicing this week. But then I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's all going to be just really interesting. Is, is it, 
is it fair to characterize the conversation as as saying that uh, Logan would be the guy for more of a run focused game plan and Chuba would be the guy for more of a pass focused game plan? Yes. And I say that because um, I know some people will say, well, Logan can throw. Yes. And some people would say, well, Chuba can run. Yes. Um, but I would say their strengths are both Logan's strength is the ability to get the quarterback run going. He, that is where his, that is his strength. Um, whereas Chuba has a, from what we've been told is has a stronger arm than Logan does. So, but like his, his, his run game is kind of a little hit or miss. I know like when he's been in before people said, well, look, he ran, he, he did this and that's, and that's great. Um, it wasn't so great against Illinois. Logan is a runner. Like that's, he is like, a runner. runner. Yeah. And I think that's the part that people have to remember is like, okay. So if you take like an Adrian Martinez and you compare him to a Casey Thompson, and I think sometimes these comparison across quarterbacks is like, they're a different style of quarterback. Adrian is a runner. That is who he is. There's a reason that Casey is like, he doesn't, pre- he doesn't prefer to run. That's not the style of quarterback who he is. And so then I think of people like, I remember when Tanner Lee was at Nebraska and people were like, he doesn't run. He wasn't a running quarterback. That's just not who he was. And so I think knowing those strengths and working to them, I just hope that we see Nebraska utilize some of those strengths a little bit differently against Minnesota, especially because Minnesota has a lot of players who have been at Minnesota for a long time. Uh, they have a lot of experience. So um, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to be pretty smart about how they utilize these quarterbacks, especially against that Minnesota defense. Yeah, this is a very good defense. Um, fourth nationally in scoring defense, only giving up 14 a game. I think they're top 25 as well in, in defensive efficiency um, mm-hmm. yards per play. So, but like what we know about Mickey, he's not just going to go into a game saying, we're going to lose this game. Uh, we know we're going to lose this game, so let's just you know let's just try to get some young guys on the field and see what happens. Like that's just not going to be no. the approach that he takes. Um, that being said, you are in Mickey Joseph's shoes. You have the play sheet and the headset. Are you rolling with? <laughs> are you rolling with Casey Thompson? Are you rolling with? Well, let, let's not say Casey. Are you rolling with Chuba Purdy? Or are you rolling with Logan's mothers? I would like, and I don't know if this is my own, like just bias to want to see the the run game have a different shape against Minnesota, but I would roll with Logan first is where I would pick. But like, I just, I feel like it's going to be Chubba. So like my, but if I was, if I was Mickey, I think I would roll with Logan. Now, part of that is too, is I felt like Chubba was seeing ghosts against Illinois a little bit where, um, he just kind of felt like he was, and just some of this is just, and I hope some people understand, like when I'm hesitating, as I say these things, part of it is because I'm trying to make sense of it at the time, because part of the questions to, you know, Mark Whipple this week were kind of like, why, like what was going on? And he essentially made comments that like he, you know, he wasn't practicing as much the previous week leading up to Illinois. And it's like, okay, that that's, so they needed to get him more reps. It's all about reps. And so he got more reps this week. So he's feeling more comfortable. But even like listening, I'm sitting in front for anyone who's watching on YouTube, you can see this. But if you're just listening, I'm sitting in front of Nebraska's like um, press conference screen. And one thing that was really interesting is Mickey Joseph on Tuesday made a comment about uh, Chuba's just confidence and how they needed to work on that confidence. And that comes with reps and all this stuff. And then the same question got asked to, I believe it was Garrett Nelson and Garrett Nelson kind of said like, oh, I don't know if I would have like summed it up quite like that, but like, if that's essentially what they're saying, well then, you know, like 
they, they would see it and understand it differently or better than I would. And I just thought that was interesting how the two different parties kind of interpreted one individual's play. Um, because in Garrett's mind, I think he was saying that like Chubba was confident. It just, you know, who, again, I felt like Chubba was seeing ghosts and that could be because of their lack of reps, but also Illinois was a top five defense, number one in a number of categories. So like if you're a quarterback coming into a situation and you're already behind and you're having to go into a very pass heavy game because you're trying to get ahead, your, your room for error gets a lot smaller. So there's some of that. Um, I don't know. I just think I would still roll with Logan first and just see what you can do as far as a quarterback run game is concerned and maybe kind of stretch that defense in that case, like get them just test that. And then, I don't know if, if you can effectively run both of them at different points when you need to, you know, like either stretch the defense out a little bit, get them prepared for, you know, a various level of passing, maybe then you can, but then you know what you're getting when each of them comes in. But can they just like be? Can they both go out there at the same time? I'm just kidding. They could. You could run a like a <laughs> wild run a, run a fun. Is, that, is there a rule against having two quarterbacks on the field? Just make one like a just just make Logan the running back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Um, the other piece of this that I think that I, that I always find interesting, because up until sort of the... Um, the gates open on the transfer portal. This wasn't like the pro model where, like, let's just say you've got an NBA team. Let's talk about the Thunder because my Thunder suck. Um, the Thunder are sitting there with 20 games left in their season and they know they're not going to make the playoffs. They know that they have a bunch of draft picks that they want to maximize the, the potential uh, for them to get a higher draft pick in the upcoming lottery. And so they sit down some of their veteran players and they say, we're just not going to play you the rest of the season. We're going to play the young guys. The veteran players can then say, okay, I understand the direction that you're heading. And then they can leave at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Up until the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case at 
the college level, but now with the transfer portal, with loosened restrictions on when you can go, where you can go, how you can go, hmm. a guy can say, okay, I understand the timeline. I'm going to leave at the end of the year. Um, is there – like do coaches feel like there's maybe an obligation to certain players to say, would it be nice if we could say, yeah, let's get some young guys onto the field? Yeah. But we also have this junior, this like third-year sophomore that worked his tail off over the first seven weeks of the season. He probably deserves to still be on the field over the last four games. Even if we think that there are some other guys here that we want to get a look at, this guy probably deserves to be on the field for the work that he's put in over the first two and a half months of the season and fall camp. I'm specifically thinking of Trey Palmer, who had one catch for one yard against Illinois and a week prior or two weeks prior had 237 yards on seven catches against Purdue. Um, He entered this past weekend's game among college football's leaders in receiving yardage. It's been a long, long time since Nebraska has had the kind of season that it looked like Palmer was trending towards or on pace to have. He's sitting at 782 with four games left to play. He could get to 1,000 pretty easily based on where, what, his, what his pace would indicate. Do you think that there's a little bit of this where they just feel like they have maybe not an obligation because I don't think the coaches would say that they have an obligation to play any player, but do you think that there's a sense of like, the coaching staff looks at a situation like Trey Palmer's and says, I mean, this guy is, you know, we might not be winning, but this guy is certainly having a strong season for him that could set him up for success later on down the line. We don't want to do anything that's going to negatively impact that over these last four games. Yeah. I think you have to be careful. Like Trey's actually a really interesting example because he like against Illinois had one reception for one yard. It was kind of like a, you know, a big now kind of like sore point on now it can be explained away very easily because you can talk about like the quarterback that he had you know had the most comfortability throwing to him was taken out but like it's going to be a really interesting thing to observe of wanting to you know do what's right and do what's best by individual players to ensure that they're set up for success whether that is um at nebraska in 2023 or not um it, I, I think, you know, you definitely – Trey's stats are going to be really fascinating if Casey doesn't play because I think that those two are the ones that had that connection and it's not that, like, you know, Chubba can't throw to him or Logan can't throw to him. But, like um, – but then at the same time, no, it's not like you, – you're not going to, like you, – you definitely want to keep building – tray up like that that's kind of like the thing for him like you want to keep showing people it's also one of those things where like if you don't have your starting quarterback in the game but you also know that part of your game plan is you want to throw the football i would think that mark whipple would say okay let's let's dial up some easy completions to get our quarterback in rhythm and throw it to our best playmaker and as you say that that might be something that probably wasn't so and actually i'll i'll say this like this came up on Saturday, the offensive line, especially, you know, I I can already feel the people like wanting to like yell at me for this comment, but like the offensive line didn't do a terrible job in some cases, like didn't allow a single sack until the final Nebraska drive of the game. And part of that was because they were put in a situation where they, the, it was a, 
do or die. So like think the, the coverage changed just slightly. And so even they were saying after the game, it was, it wasn't exactly like as well executed as it should have been. Um, but I mean, the fact that they had gone the entire game with allowed, without allowing their quarterback to be sacked prior to that, not bad. Like you can kind of chalk that up as a like unexpected little moment that you can take away from that. However, um, it did, it did feel give up like 19 quarterback pressures just to put that out there, but the quarterback didn't get sacked. This is true. These and are steps like I'm not saying the they took the like a pressure lead. numbers are like, you know, step forward. Um, no, but my point is, is like what they did ask of, uh, it felt like, and maybe some of this was, you know, Chuba again, seeing ghosts and kind of feeling like he was having to push things he didn't have to, but he kind of was emulating some of the, like, just throw it down there to Trey, just like, up and at them, like just go for it. And if that's not you, you to what you just said, if you're not kind of building in those areas to like bring confidence, get them into a connection with one another, like that's not going to be a great way to kind of like, you're not going to have much success there. And if you do, it's going to be kind of like a, how did that happen sort of scenario? Um, but yeah, it kind of felt like it was at first, like, just do the, like, just throw the ball as far as you can, get it down to Trey. If he's down there, he'll get it. But that's a lot to ask of somebody who's just coming into the game and trying to make sense of everything. So yes, I think maybe like, if you're going to roll with Chubba, maybe just build in those passes that are a little bit easier to complete, a little bit easier to like find the person that you're trying, like just maybe simplify to a degree. And then if things are going well, you can build in some of those bigger pieces but i don't think it harms anyone to not you you can't run the exact same playbook with chubba that you run with casey i guess is my point like they're two different they they throw differently they have different they're just yeah i don't know that's kind of where i'm at plus if and the other the other piece of this too is if you know like answering the question that i asked um if mickey's not going to be the guy then he would have more of an obligation to the individual players mm-hmm. than he would to setting up the next coach for success. Like if Mickey is not going to be the next head coach, then there's not really any incentive for him to put first year player X onto the field so that whoever the next coach is has four games of tape of seeing how this guy does in live game situations. If Mickey's not going to be the next guy, it benefits him to play the guys. It benefits him to still go for a bowl game. Oh yeah. Like even I mean, if we don't think that Nebraska can make a bowl game, which like maybe you do, like maybe they, maybe, maybe you still believe, I'm sure Mickey still believes he needs three wins in four games. They play Minnesota, they play Wisconsin, they play Iowa. maybe, 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 and and certainly How he dare probably. Dare you not bring up Michigan? Certainly, at he Michigan. probably still believes. We do we think that they're going to beat Michigan at Michigan? No. Okay. Um, but I mean, <laughs> just how dare you not bring it up? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like, it certainly it would it it benefits him more to like, you know, if we get to Saturday morning and Casey says, "Man, I want to play. I feel like I can play." Like, I it 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 would be 
more likely than not that Mickey would say, all right, we're rolling with you because we think you give us the best chance to win. Well, and Mickey kind of alluded to that a little bit because he he's talked about injuries and how he approaches them many, many times. And he says that like at the end of the day, he's waiting on that person to tell him, am I ready or not? And so he had a quote today, which I shared on um, Hill Varsity's Twitter, where he essentially said like, Casey's telling me he's ready. He's telling me he's ready to go. And he's like, but I also have to have the... I basically also have to be able to like have the sense to know if like that's a smart decision for him or not. Like I also have to be able to say like, is that the right move? Um, But I do think if you get to game time and the doctors have cleared him and things look, you know, look good and Mickey feels good about it and Casey feels good about it. I do think that they would run, they'd roll with him because he has that connection with players that are important, like Trey Palmer. Um, he's the most familiar with the offensive line that he's playing behind, um, for better or worse. And if you're still trying to get yourself to a situation, which I would hope and imagine that Mickey is, of a bowl game or as into as good of a position you, as you can be by the end of the season, you're going to ro- you're going to roll with your best players that are available to you. And I think that's a little bit of what's so challenging in some of these conversations around, you know, if he's not available, it just, to me, it kind of almost becomes a toss up of like, what's the game plan then? What are you, what's the goal? Because then that tells you who your quarterback should be. If, if you have a very specific, what are you trying to attack on what specifically do you feel you can do well against Minnesota's defense? And if, if it's, you think you might be able to run the ball a little bit? All right, then roll with Logan. If you think it's going to have to be passing, then let's run with Chuba. And um, then at the same time, you need to be building in things for these particular individuals that are specific to them that make them successful with the playmakers around them. That's the hard part in what happened on against Illinois is you have your quarterback go out in the second quarter. You have obviously game plans around that individual and things change you could say, well, why weren't you ready for all possibilities? But like, I, you know, it's, you can be ready for things and still not have them go well when the going gets tough. Um, yeah, I do think if, if Casey is, if he feels like he's ready, the doctors clear him and Mickey feels like that's all good. I think you see him. And I think a lot of it is because of the fact that it's not completely out of the question that Nebraska could get itself to a bowl game or into better situations. At least, the- uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, at least that's where my brain is at right now. That's fair. ESPN's FPI says that Nebraska has a 22.7% chance of winning on Saturday. It's a lot higher than I was expecting. I don't know why. You're telling me there's a chance. The spread is at 16 points in favor of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at, I've never like used this. I've never like cited this number before, but I, it, I, it is curious to me right now, looking at it spread consensus pick from ESPN, which I'm assuming means 77% of people are siding with the Gophers to cover 16 points against Nebraska. Um, I don't know if I would do that. What, what's more likely Nebraska wins outright or Nebraska covers the spread? Oh, Nebraska covers the spread, I think. I think. Oh, I don't know. See, that's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I think cover the spread. Winning outright would be like kind of, I say that, 
and then I do feel like this is a team right now where like one of two things is going to happen is they're going to win outright or they're going to just lose spectacularly. You like it's, up, it's, yeah. it's like a either or however, 16 points. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I think I still would take it against spread, but I'm also really bad at it about, I would be a ter- I would be terrible at betting against the spread. So like no one listen to me, don't go take money and like do anything. I say it would not be, it would not work well for you. My father-in-law uh, gambles on college football all the time. And last year he like, he really wanted me to do it with him. <laughs> and we made it through like the first three or four weeks. And they fired you. And I just like, I don't want to do this anymore, Mark. I'm so bad at it. I just keep losing money every week. And he made the comment. He was like, this is what you do for a living. How are you so bad at this? And I was like, hey, man, listen, all right, I don't need I don't need this, okay? Like, I don't need to keep losing money. And then I also don't need to be insulted by you while I'm losing money. So let's just let's just agree to, to wash our hands of this. No more gambling anymore. I don't want to bet on college football games anymore. I'm just going to enjoy them on Saturdays. I don't want to worry about needing a backdoor cover and a touchdown, a meaningful well, touchdown with 17 seconds left. That's it. Yeah, I mean, how many times do you, like, do you think this coach bet on this game? Because they, do you think they're playing? I'm like, I, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to think about these things. Oh, there are places for that, and I'm I'm grateful for people who have a better understanding of that than me. But it is it is not me. It is not me. I'm not good at sports betting <laughs> because the thing with sports betting is, is you are like to a degree taking like what is known and trying to like bet on like the odds of like what is known happening or take place in a certain degree of like based on everything that you know now. Now with that said, Vegas also really likes money. So there's a piece of that that you have to consider into it. But the whole reason that people like sports, the whole reason is that anything can happen. Any given instance I was thinking about like Nebraska, where it's like they could even actually like there's like kind of like a really stark or there. It's because you show up to Memorial Stadium on Saturday and really believe a number of, and that is well, that is not just I want I want to add this that's not just a Nebraska thing to anyone like that is the reason that people like they show up to games all across the country of sports of all different types. The idea that their team can be the one that wins in a number of different scenarios and their team could do that or their team could lose in a bunch of different scenarios. So that's the thing about sports betting for me. It's too much of a like, but all of these other things could happen. So that's why I can't, I'm, I'm too, I, I can't be just straightforward enough with it. Yeah, I agree. Everyone, you got to go. You got stuff you got to do. So I will let you get out of here. Thank you so Who much. Says for I have stuff to, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I have to, you know, go keep coming. I mean, I, I, I was trying to be nice and suggest that you're going to go do actual work and not just no. go listen to Taylor Swift. Um, well, by the time people listen to this, it will have already happened. But one thing that I am going to do is go watch Nebraska soccer, who has advanced in the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten soccer championship or like in the, um, What's the tournament? Oh my gosh, I just forgot the word tournament. Um, but good for them. They they got past Ohio State, have to play Michigan State, but incredible work by them. No matter what ends up happening, incredible work for the Nebraska soccer team. And that is going to be on BTN. 
So very exciting. It won't matter for anyone listening to this now because, like I said, it already will have happened. But I, I'm hoping that they have a great number six Michigan State. It's going to be a test, but they just beat the number 25 team. So you never know. Again, this is why we show up for sports because you just don't know. Exactly. All right, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, keep reading HailVarsity.com. Go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the promo code VARSITY. Make sure that you're getting yourself hooked up so you can read everything, anything and everything. Make sure you get in the magazine. Also, make sure you're listening to Hail Varsity podcast offerings. Basketball is starting up, which means Jacob Padilla and Jacob Bigelow have their podcast going. Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin have the Mind Your Own podcast. Brandon has his preview podcast every week. Make sure you listen to that one as well. Thank you guys for listening. Shouts to Aaron for coming on this week. Shouts to Cam for producing this every week. We will be back next week. A Huda Media Production.